weeks. We've been working through a series called Neighboring, and ultimately what we're learning is how to live with our neighbors, how to love our neighbors, and really to be good neighbors and what that looks like. Well, and research says that now, in this day and age, that we, meaning like the big collective we, we are more lonely than ever before. And it's a little bit ironic because we have social media, that's new, we're able to be connected to more people than we ever could before. We always have our devices with us, we always have our phones, you know, even when we're in the bathroom, we can be connected to people, and I, I know I'm not the only person that texts. All right, thank you to Colton for <laughs> yeah, willingly <thanks. laughs> raising his hand that he's a bathroom texter. Anybody else want to admit it right now? All right, we holy cow, we I'm got a whole alone. room of bathroom <laughs> bathroom texters. Make sure to sanitize those phones. There there are wipes for phones. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I try not to text from the bathroom. Uh, but for me, loneliness is one of those things that it can be a little bit a little bit weird, right? Like you can walk into a big room, maybe a room like this even, and feel lonely or isolated. You can, you can be in a space with lots and lots of people and feel alone. Last summer, uh, Colleen and I went back to uh, a workplace where I had been in Illinois, and we were there for a wedding with, with a former student. And that former student, oh, hello, welcome. Welcome. This is Pat. Everybody give it up for Pat. Thank you, Pat. She's, uh, she's going dis to disappear behind the curtain there. But uh, where was I? You were talking how we went to a wedding. Oh, yeah, we went Peoria. to a wedding in yeah. Peoria, Illinois. And it was for former students at a church that I'd worked at there. And the thing is, like, we walked in and we knew a ton of people. You ever been there? Have you ever walked into a space and you know a lot of people that are there? Maybe it is a wedding. Maybe it's something else. And, and you just walk in and you're like, I don't feel connected to these people. I don't know what's going on in their life. Like, I don't know really uh, what is happening recently. That's how we felt. We felt like we were in the space. We knew a lot of people, but we didn't really know a lot of people. Or just a couple weeks ago, we went to a concert for our son. He's in second grade. We went over to his concert and I look in the room and I know quite a few of the people there, but I don't know who they are, like, really, right? Like, I, I can have conversations. I, I know their name, but I don't really know what's going on in their life. And I felt a little bit alone, and I know I'm not the only one like that. So often we think of lonely people as just older adults. Like, for example, like my grandparents. Like, a lot of their friends started passing away, and they would tell me, like, yeah, Colleen, we're lonely. Those friends that we used to go out to dinner with, they're not around any longer. Or we think of somebody losing someone close to them. We, we think of those people, those older adults maybe, or, or maybe it's even people that are younger that have lost a friend, a loved one, or somebody that was close. And, and that's most often what we think of, but, but we don't really think of the person in the crowded room. The person here today that looks around and says, like, there's a lot of people here, but, but I feel isolated and alone. We don't think of the stay-at-home mom or the stay-at-home dad that feels like there's a lot going on out in the world and, and I'm stuck here with my kid. I'm alone. We don't think about the guy in the office 
who knows everyone. He can walk through and everybody's like, hey, Bob, hey, Jim, hey, Colleen. But nobody really knows him and he doesn't really know them. Like we don't think about that as lonely. We don't think about the college student that goes away, lives in a dorm with hundreds or maybe even thousands of other people. We don't think of them as lonely because they, they get up in the morning, they have a roommate that's there, they go to bed at night, they have a roommate that's there. We don't think of people that are around other people as lonely. We don't think of the successful business leader that appears to have it all going on appears to have life in order as, as lonely. We don't think of the married couple or the couple that's been happily together for years and years and years as, as being lonely. But the reality is, sometimes things aren't what they appear. And loneliness, loneliness is that deep inner thing that we just don't see. And let's, let's be honest. There are lonely people here today. And this conversation is not to make anyone feel bad or feel embarrassed because what you feel and what you experience is valid and real. Just like in those like more like superficial moments, like we felt lonely too. It's our hope though that everyone would know that this is a community, that this is a place where you can be seen and heard and known. And our goal, really our goal is that we wouldn't have lonely people here. And while some of us may feel lonely today, there's others of us that we need to learn how to love the lonely. There's, there's others of us that we might not be lonely ourselves, but, but we move so fast through life that, that we completely miss the lonely people that we bump up against day in and day out. There are some of us today that need to slow down that need to see the other people in our lives. There are some of us that need to set aside our own priorities, our agendas, our goals, our dreams, our expectations, and say, you know what, Like, I'm going to pause my stuff for a minute, and I'm going to be with this person. I'm going to love the lonely. Some of us just need to say, like, you know what, Like, it's not all about me. It's about the other people, and I want them to know and experience love. And here's the, here's the re- reality this morning. Real communities, real communities, like, like real communities, love the lonely. If you're a part of a real community, you know that, that you're not alone. Real communities don't let someone do life alone. Real communities, they, they carry each other's burdens. Real communities meet the lonely where they are because simply put, real communities Love the lonely. Now, thankfully, Jesus shows us how to love the lonely. There's this amazing story in Matthew, and Matthew is this book that talks about Jesus's life. It tells the story of Jesus's life, and in chapter 8, there's this story about a man with leprosy, and this man came in and knelt before him. Now, leprosy is not very common today, and if people do get it, it's very treatable, but it, it was so common back then and so contagious back then that there were these laws in the earlier parts of the Bible for people who had leprosy and what they could and couldn't do, and then there were even laws for people around them of what they could and couldn't do. And here's the deal. like I don't know 
what leprosy looks like. Right? I didn't know anyways. Yeah, you looked it up. I looked it up. Let me let me tell you what I've learned about leprosy. And if you're still eating, I'm maybe really just, sorry. Yeah, if you're still eating, maybe just pause on this for a second. Like leprosy, it starts with achy muscles. Who here has an achy muscle this morning? I'll I'll pray that you do not have leprosy. But it, it starts with achy muscles, and then that turns into to joint pain, maybe severe, like really severe arthritis is kind of what I'm imagining. And it, it turns into just this fatigue, this overwhelming sense of like, I don't want to get up. And I know some of you right now are like, do I have leprosy? Like, do, is that something I'm struggling with? Here's the thing, though. Somebody diagnosed with leprosy, they have about 10 maybe 12 years of life left from that point on. And, and it gets really bad. Like in those 10 years, that fatigue, it just wears the body down so, so much. So much so that it can't take care of itself. The, the skin, like your skin, it might be silky smooth today, but if you have leprosy just a few years from now, your skin's going to be scaly, maybe peely. Uh, you might have rashes all over your body. And it, it doesn't just stay there. Like it progresses, it gets worse. Those rashes, they actually become lumps. Like, like not pimples, but like welts. And those welts are filled with pus. And that pus, it starts to ooze out and it's gross and it's nasty. And it's just, it, you don't want that. And, and it doesn't stay there, right? Like their face it starts to contort and it starts to become like unrecognizable. I'm sure if they held up their phone, their phone would say, please put in your code, right? Like literally, they do not look like who they used to look like. And, and it attacks their vocal cords and their voice changes. And, and all of this leads to like this place of like realizing like I am living in a body that's decomposing. I'm living in a body that's rotting away. Not only is it rotting away, but, but this body that I'm living in, it smells like a dump. It smells horrible. And this is, this is leprosy. This is what this man was dealing with. This is what this man was living with. Like People do not want to get close to him because of all of that, but there's also those laws like Colleen mentioned. And, and this is the man that comes to Jesus, that, that kneels before Jesus. This is the man that says like, hey, hey, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And when, when this man says like, you can make me clean, he's not asking like, will you clean me? Will you heal me? He's saying, I believe something about Jesus. And I believe that he can make me clean, that he can heal me. And here's the, here's the crazy part. Knowing all the rules, seeing this man, Jesus isn't just like, whoa. He doesn't just back up and walk away. No, he, he reaches out, it says in verse 3, and he touches his hand. It says, I am willing. He says, be clean. And immediately the man with leprosy was cleaned. Like immediately this man was healed. Immediately his vocal cords restored. Those lumps that are oozing pus gone. The rash, the scaly skin, it's all restored. And I can only imagine the look on others' faces in this moment. Yeah, Jesus, he uses touch 
to love the lonely. And just like Jesus, we can love the lonely with touch. People might go throughout a week, it might even be you, where you go throughout a week and you don't have like a lot of interactions, positive, that feel like love. And so Sunday morning, it might be somebody's only chance to get that touch. Now, this community, we want it to be a safe place, so there's definitely respect for boundaries, but this is a great place for hugging, high-fiving, you know, we'll pound it. Ah, don't hit my ring, sorry. I realized which hand I was on. But we want this to be a place where we can love each other with touch. Now, we could keep talking about that, but Jesus also gives us this example of how he loves the lonely by listening. Now, I don't know about you, but most people, we, me included, we don't listen to like just listen to understand. But instead, like while I'm listening, I might be thinking of my reply, or I might be thinking of this, or I might be thinking of that. We don't just listen with the intent to understand. So there's these two guys walking down the road, and they're really depressed. Now, they're depressed because Jesus has just died. And so they're walking down the road in Luke 24, and Jesus arrives. And Jesus asked them, what, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces down. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? And Jesus asked, what things? I love Jesus asking a lot of questions here because I'm a guy that asks a lot of questions. Yes. And Colleen is not allowed to share, but I will, I will, I will share what she wants to tell you all. Yes, he will. My questions, uh, they a lot of times have the intent to fix problems or to, to say like, hey, you did that wrong, but like I'm being very passive aggressive in this. Like, Yes, I wouldn't say it, but he did. Okay. <laughs> and I know like looking out here, I know I'm not the only one asking questions like that, right? Like, like you kind of understand. Like, you might be a person that asks a lot of questions. Like, my friend Jared here, willingly wait, raising his hand. Like, like, I don't ask questions with the intent to, like, understand. I, I do a lot of asking questions with the intent to fix. Jesus is, is asking different questions. He's not asking questions to, to be like, hey, you're doing life wrong right now. Like He's asking questions to understand their story, to understand where they are, to understand what's going on in their life. He's not worried about being interesting. He's not worried about telling them his exciting story. He's worried about being interested in their story, in their life, in what's going on in their day-to-day, -day, where they're at right now. Like, he's worried about that, and he's being really intentional with these questions. And, and here's something that I think we all know, or maybe it's new. It was new to me. Have you ever thought about this? Like, like when we ask questions with an intent to understand, it means that we, we sit back and we're silent. And... And when we're silent, we're able to listen. We're able to hear. We're able to comprehend. And, and here's the thing, like, silent and listen, same letters. 
S-I-L-E-N-T. If you're going to listen well, if you're going to listen with the intent to understand rather than to listen with the intent to reply or to rebut or to make your argument or your case or to tell somebody how to do it differently, like, you're not really, you're not really listening. You're just talking back at somebody and arguing with them. Like, if you really want to listen, you have to be silent. Here's the deal. Talk less, listen more. Talk less, listen more. Everybody say that. Talk less, listen more. We love the lonely by listening. And lastly, we love the lonely with our time. Now, I've got to be honest. I A lot of honesty this morning. Uh, yes. Holy cow. I really, 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 really love my sleep. Like, really, really love sleep. And confession... When my kids wake me up during a storm, like if they see thunder or lightning, I'm really tempted to not get out of bed. I love them, hmm. but I was also asleep, and it was so, so good. Usually it's like a whack, right, at me, like, hey, one no, of them's in here again. No, I usually get up. Yeah. Yes, you're right. You be honest. Okay. <laughs> As you can see... Like, we both love sleep. Yeah. But the thing is, like, Jesus is human, too. Jesus required sleep. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine, as a human that requires sleep, Jesus loved his sleep. Is that a safe assumption to make, you think? Right? And so, so the disciples, while not like our children, sometimes act like children. The disciples, they, they wake Jesus up. They're in this storm. They're on a boat. And they wake Jesus up during this moment, and they're saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. Like, Master, like, I imagine they're like, hey, do something, like, Jesus, like, come on, like, something's not right here, like, we're upset, like, things aren't working for us. And, and Jesus, he doesn't, like, roll over, he doesn't pull the sheet up over his head, he doesn't say, like, ah, we'll take care of it in the morning. No, he gets up, and he rebuked the wind, And the raging waters and the storm subsided and all was calm. And Jesus doesn't dismiss them. Jesus doesn't ignore them. Now Jesus alters what he was doing. He gave up his precious time sleeping because he had a deep love for his disciples. Jesus did this often, right? Like it wasn't always sleep that he gave up, but but he gave up his time or he gave up where he was going to, right? Like in Luke 5, Jesus is speaking to a crowd and he pauses speaking to the crowd to be with the person that needs him in this moment. Uh, Jesus in in Luke chapter 8, he's on his way to perform a miracle, a healing, and he he stops on his way to be with the people that need him then and there. And he's praying, like praying. Like you think of like Jesus connected to the Father, like prayer. Prayer is an essential thing. He pauses his praying to be with those that need him. And every time Jesus stopped what he was doing and gave his time. If you're taking notes this morning, whether it's on a piece of paper, mentally, or in your phone, like write this down. Real communities love the lonely. 
Real communities love the lonely, and that looks like loving with touch, a hand on the shoulder, a high five, a hug. It, it means loving with listening, asking questions to understand. Uh, it, it looks like loving with our time, putting aside our agenda, our plans, our priorities to be with somebody that's lonely and needs to experience that kind of love. Today, if you are lonely, we want to invite you to be, to join into this community. We're not perfect. We don't expect you to be either. We want this to be a safe place. And even if you've been coming here for a while and you're lonely, consider finding a life group so that you can keep getting to know people that are here. Today, if you're lonely, I pray that you not only feel it, but that you know with confidence that you are truly never alone. That the Creator God sees you, knows you, loves you. That Jesus died so that you might have a real relationship with Him. And if you're lonely, if you normally don't have something going on on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., I'd invite you to come back next week to Oak Creek High School where we have our, our Sunday gatherings. And there's this promise about, about never being alone. It's in the book of Isaiah. And God says, don't panic. I'm with you. Don't panic, I'm with you. There's no need to fear, for I am your God. I give you strength. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady, and I'll keep a firm grip on you. If you're lonely today, there is a God that says you don't have to be lonely anymore. There is a God who, who asked Jesus Christ, his son, to make a way for you to have relationship with him. And like Colleen said, it's our hope that you would choose a relationship, that you would receive what God has to offer you today. That you would be no longer, no longer lonely. And if this is your church, if, if you're an 1128 regular, thank you for being here. But let me encourage you, Love the lonely today. Like There might be somebody sitting at your table right now that's, that's just a few extra feet further away. And maybe they're wondering, like, is that person going to say hi to me? Are they going to give me that high five? Are they going to, to shake my hand? Are they going to listen and understand what's going on in my story? Love the lonely today. Love the lonely in your life this week. Like when you go to work, when you go to your kid's school, when you go to soccer practice or hockey practice or badminton practice or whatever other practice might be out there, like there are lonely people and you have an opportunity to love them like Jesus loves you. Love the lonely with touch. Lend a listening ear. Give of your time because lonely people need real communities to love them. And that's what we're about as a church. We are a church that loves the lonely. We're a community of real people learning to live and learning to love like Jesus. And that means we're learning how to love the lonely. Let's make sure that we do that better, not just this morning, 
but throughout every day this upcoming week. Let's pray. God, thank you for food and time to spend with each other. God, thank you for this space and that you are here. God, thank you for being a God that loves us, that we're not alone, and that you promise to be with us, that you promise to be close. God, help us slow down. Help us notice those around us. Help us love those around us with touch and time and with listening. God, thank you for who you are and all that you're doing. Amen.